look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Content is king. So if you have some content you need created, hit up IOPvideo.com. Video production, podcasting, you name it, we can do it. IOPvideo.com. We make things look pretty. So anyway, we we about to talk about Jaden Will and oh, oh y'all don't want to talk about Jaden Will? Is it too personal? No, I, I'm saying. Uh, uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Aside from not doing the podcast, we also haven't. Uh, I haven't really talked to you guys in like hell a day, so this is weird. You know, not weird, but it's it's because you know me and Joaquin would have like conversations almost every day for a while. <laughs> Or, or I would message you, Phil. You know, so yeah, it's 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 been it's uh it's kind of refreshing. It's kind of refreshing. We we have a lot in the backlog, but it's nice to, you know, to, to dip in here and do this shit again. Yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely, man. Like real talk. Um, what, what, like I feel. Well, I want to touch on what you said. Um, the no, there's this. On YouTube, I mean, aside from everything you can read about Noam Chomsky, there's this thing on YouTube that you can watch, and it's Noam Chomsky going down the list of everything every president. I love that, that video. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen, about I've seen like half of this shit on YouTube about him. Okay, well, they, they're, that that video is like he goes down the list of I think we should like, probably save this uh, some of this stuff if, if we do uh, uh, talk about. It. Okay, no, yeah, but I'm just saying for the listeners. To go watch that video because yeah. that video he goes down the list of every president and like the ones, you know, for example, like Kennedy. I mean, of course, he wasn't perfect, but there's not a whole lot of bad stuff that supposedly he did. And uh, he says that was one of the worst presidents. And he goes down the list of everything he did that was like, uh, you know, war, uh, war crimes, like, uh, war crimes. And it goes down to I believe Bush or Clinton and. Because, uh, you know, it's an old video, but it's a really interesting video for anyone to watch. So uh, I, I got a question. How, what's what's our... Um... Oh, hey, hold on yeah. uh, real quick, Gaspar. Yeah. Um, I talked to someone recently who, I don't know if he talked to you, but we talked about hanging out next time he's in town. You know who that is. Who? The, <laughs> one of the, the one, one, 25%... Of of three beans and a pan flute. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. So, what in terms of a uh, time frame? Uh, how how long are we going to record tonight? Do we know? Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, excuse uh, me. I mean, I would probably say hour and a half. So around nine forty-five. Uh, hour and a half seems like a good number. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, uh, unless anybody ha- has something else to say, we can we can get started. All right. Welcome to the Voice Party, uh, everybody. We enjoying uh, this coronavirus vacation with the one and only Gasper Bernal. Gasper, say hi to the people. Hi, people. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> one of the hosts, but thank you. I, 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 yeah, I'll you simply you say there may be a moment where I have to put the phone down to escort Grandma back to bed at some point during the next hour and a half, but. You know, but other than that, and there he goes. He'll be back. He'll be. Back. <laughs> that was. Epic. 
Oh this, my this god. This episode is not brought to you by Metro PCS. That should be on the intro. <laughs> that is the intro. Hey, at some point I'm gonna... <laughs> Hey, the government's after me. If I just <laughs> Oh shit. All right. Um actually uh yeah. we will fucking him... you know what? Hold on. Yeah. You don't come on as often. So when you do come on, it's like you're a fucking guest. You're funny. You're helpful. I mean, that's far. There's only one of us whose uh, uh, presence in the intro video is questionable. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, we, but got, a very, fucking, we, got, we got a very today special. He, today, he's, today he's hosting this shit. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? We got a very special one for you today. Gasper, tell the people what we're talking about. Uh, well, today uh, we're gonna talk about racism. We're we're gonna yeah. What is that? Hell yeah, I love racism. Not <laughs> not the concept, uh, but but talking about it because people don't talk about it enough. And then we end up in shenanigans, and the world burns, and everyone blames each other instead of solving the problem. And we we've touched on this a little in past episodes. You know, we had the Disney racism and Image Comics episode. We had we talked about it with JD Charisma. Of course, we had the BLM episode with the, the head of the Oscar Grant Foundation. So we've obviously touched on this one uh, a, a bit before. But it's time we go in-depth. And Gasper, I'm going to let you take it away. Get us started with your racism talk. All right, let's do it. So um, I want to start first with with the definition, right? Um, in, in order to, to, to continue with this, we got to um, kind of say what racism is, what racism isn't. Um do I, do either of you guys wanna 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 add to this? I think I, actually, honestly, this question uh, uh, I, I do have an outline that I'm going off of, and this question was would have been perfect for for. Oh my god, you brought a script? Yeah. Okay. Not not a script, uh, an outline. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So um, uh, you know, I'm no expert, and I definitely came into this this. Uh, uh, to understand this problem uh, as an adult. As a kid, I didn't really understand and, and I didn't really understand why. Uh, uh, the main reason is because I'm light-skinned. Even though I'm a Latino and I do I do experience um, uh, uh, racism, it wouldn't be the same as, as, as a Latino who's dark-skinned or, or an African-American, right? And so it wasn't until I was an adult um, and it wasn't really until I went to college uh, where I, where I uh, started to understand what it really is. Because... Um, you know, when you're growing up when you, as a kid, especially uh, with, with what we were taught in school, where it's like you think racism means that like uh, black people try and go into a restaurant and then there's a sign on the restaurant that says whites only, you know, or things like that. Um, and, and, and that's that's not the whole the whole thing. Um, and what I've what I've come up with is that really it's 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 kind of access to resources. Um you know, if, if you break it down, if you break things down by race, um, then 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 you would see, for example, um, if we were to make take take what is it, 360 million people in the U.S. And so if you were to create a pyramid, uh, three parts, right? The bottom part is made up of people who make between zero and fifty thousand dollars a year. The middle part would be the people who make between fifty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars a year, and then the top part would be people who make between a hundred thousand and and up, right? If you were to uh, to 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 fill in those three uh, parts of the pyramid, you would find it that at the bottom, 
African Americans and Latinos uh, would be disproportionately um, represented. So I think um, African Americans make somewhere around 13% of the population. And so if you were to look at that bottom, it would not be 13% of, uh, of the bottom population. It would be uh, more. I don't have the numbers. Uh, same thing with Latinos. And then if you go all the way to the top of the pyramid, you would find it that um, that uh, Latinos and 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 African Americans and other you know other other groups would be underrepresented. There would be less than thirteen percent of African Americans. That there uh, there would be less than uh, for Latinos. It's I think eighteen percent, right? Um, have I lost? Hopefully, I haven't lost yeah. the, you guys or the listeners. Um, yeah, and so and this is true not just for for if we talk about about wealth, right? If we talk about um, representation in cinema you know you would take let's say pretty much anything let's if you were to take the top 20 grossing movies of 2019 you would find it that um that people of color are are, are misrepresented um if you were to take the prison population you would find it that people of color are overrepresented if you were to look at uh, people who graduate high school same thing if you were to look at people who graduate college same thing um and if you look at the the death rate death rates for COVID, uh, you find people of color overrepresented. Um, so that's kind of uh, the the definition that that, that I'd like to um, to 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 subscribe to. Which which is not really talked about. I think I think sometimes, you know, the racism we talk about is like the the shit that's going on now, where like you know, there's an eruption on social media, and then you record the person calling you names, and that's like the very um on the surface racism which i would argue it's 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 not racism it's actually it's not racism it's just, yeah discrimination yeah yeah right yeah because that prejudice yeah prejudice. yeah and, and that sort of thing can, can go because racism is defined as like the system right mm-hmm. yeah and then yep. the, the system so racism is the the over 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 overloading the overhanging system that uh, branches out into things like employment and all that sort of stuff, government, whereas individual prejudice is the person that says, I don't like you because of the color of your skin. Am I wrong or am I wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. Which usually someone who who dis- dislikes you for the color of your skin, uh, you know, I mean, like in those, like a lot of those, the, the, the videos that we see on social media, they don't have power over your life <laughs> as yeah. some of the, the racist system in place does. And, and unfortunately, like you said, JD, uh, that's the uh, argument that that's kind of, that's in the forefront, right? That gets talked about more discrimination. And so because- Can uh, I can I quote something real quick? Please, real quick, yeah. just, uh, this is from, uh, I've talked about him before, comedian Dick Gregory. It's like, if the KKK, uh, for example, the KKK couldn't help you even if they wanted to, <laughs> even if they liked you. And he's talking about the system, the, the systematic racism. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no. Um, so uh, I, I think that's a generous quote because that implies that the Ku Klux Klansmen cannot gain any kind of a legitimate political influence or economic power. And I think that since it's a, a movement that 
requires a certain level of secrecy. We don't know who's under those hoods. Uh, we, there could have been actually, former presidents under those hoods. We actually do. We, you know? we do know that it's made up of uh, police officers and uh, politicians. So, so people with in power are do tend to be in the KKK. Right. I just mean like the, the statement of even if they liked us, they couldn't help us. I'm like, that's that's implying that that they couldn't be in power. And I'm like, well, no, I'm pretty sure there's some there's some that are, but they, they're in secret. A lot of them, you know, well, they're not yeah, all public like David Duke. I think the, the point of, the, of, the, of what it's saying is, you know, it, it's it, the, the system itself is designed in a certain way, even if, you know, whatever. So you have allies somewhere. It's the system is in place and that the system is the one that is set up to, to fuck you over. Yeah, so if like oh, okay. if there was like one KKK member that was like, you know what, I think I want to help people, he will he or she wouldn't be able to like, right? Yeah. Um. So so yeah. Uh, back to what you said about how most people are talking about discrimination, not really about uh, uh systemic racism. Because of that, we have the counter argument of reverse racism. And you know, I heard this when I was in high school. And it's like when you hear it, it makes sense. Like like, I got I got punked by by uh. By black kids all the time in high school and i thought like okay it's them versus us yep and you know it, it isn't until i was till i was an adult till i was out of all that like uh violence that that, that i can kind of think look at it with a clear head and it's like it had, uh, racism had nothing to do with it like obviously kids kind of tend to get into groups of people who look like them uh but there was no uh system there to to oppress me it was really um yeah, it, it wasn't that. It was probably toxic masculinity. Um, yeah, any any thoughts on 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 that? I mean, I mean, you you you. And I'm not. I don't, I don't know any of the African Americans that may have picked on you, but but and I don't know, I don't know where they were from. But I get but I get the sense that people who. Are from certain urban areas. Um, end up growing, and like I said, I, I, I went to the don't know these people. Okay, okay, we went to DA. Rich, so Richmond kids, right? Mm -hmm. Basically. Yeah. All right. Um, maybe some some Elsa Brani Panol kids. Yeah. Well, you know, those of us, the, the violent ones, were, <laughs> I think, from Richmond. I, I I was from Richmond too. In particular, I, I think I think uh, kids from North Richmond nowadays, a lot of them. Um, go up to DA. Oh, really? I think. I think I heard I think I heard that somewhere, but I, I don't don't quote me on that. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously you can't help but quote me on that cuz I'm on the radio. But you know what I mean, off the slightly off the record, unofficially, I think I I had heard there was a sh there was like a shooting uh, uh before COVID-19. It was like 2019, I think. There was a shooting up there um at Deanza, the sports thing. I I want to say and it had something to do with the conflict of that old central north conflict poked its ugly head up again. But I bring up central and north Richmond to say that, you know, when you are in an environment, an impoverished environment, and since we're talking about systematic racism, and we're talking, you mentioned the misrepresent, the overrepresentation of people of color in the prison system. Um, what what you have is a situation where people of color are oftentimes charged more harshly for the very same crime that a white person 
a non-POC would commit. And like the non-POC person may get like a slap on the wrist. The person of color is going to get the book thrown at them. You know what I mean? Like a person of color is is caught selling crack. They're going to jail. The other guy, uh, we're going to get that person some help. That person's going to go to detox centers or something. You know what I mean? And what happens is you have a whole generation of young people uh, whose parents are, you know, whose fathers have been taken away from them for one reason or another. And some of them, you know, are going in on trumped up charges and some of them are guilty. But you have a bunch of kids who are just sort of banding together in groups and trying to figure out who's toughest because your survival instinct kicks in and, you know, you're like, well, the older guys down the street are selling, so I'm going to sell too. And then you have this uh, interesting cycle of needing to be um, – needing to show that you're, you're stronger or that you're, you're the opposite of being weak. And sometimes that – and a lot of times that actually breeds bullies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so those guys – picking on you um are coming from their own cycle of violence from their own neighborhoods i would imagine you know what i mean so i mean that's like i said i don't know those guys those guys could have been living in uh two-story houses and they were just normal bullies you know because it's a difference you know bullies are bullies but you know regardless of the motivation but i you know you know what i mean like it's it's yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think I think we lost him. Uh, really quickly, I did want to say that I started this book. I, I didn't finish it. Um, called uh, "Between the World and Me" by uh, I'm 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 gonna say this uh, wrong. What's the name of the book? Between the World and Me. Between the World and Me. Tane Tanehisi. I know I'm saying it wrong. Taneshi? Uh, Taneshi? Coats. I don't know. Uh, you know. I blame the parents on that. If you've been giving your kids names and you can't pronounce and then expect them to not turn out scarred. So don't right. don't self up, Gasper. Anyways. Tanehasi. Tanehasi. That's what it says on. on uh, yeah. Tanehasi. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and basically, he, I, he, like I said, I only read uh, some of the beginning, but it basically talks about how how society is 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 very concerned with controlling uh, uh, black bodies, right? By mm-hmm. Arresting them, um, um, you know, putting them in, in, in um, well, killing them uh, real with quick, police. Them. Sorry, yeah. to interrupt real quick. This author has written a, a Black Panther series. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I yeah, the comic uh, book, the comic book, yeah, he's kind of a big deal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, so he's talking about this, this, and 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 it makes sense to me, like, you know, let's say, let's say you grow up, you grow up poor, um, you grow up with, with a pretty bad education, and all you know is that the cops want to hurt you. Uh, the really society wants to hurt you, uh, you know, schools want to put you in detention. And to, to me, it kind of explains why why um, the reaction to that is to become violent yourself. Um, you know, I, I, I never felt like that, like 
my body was in danger growing up and, and and i could be wrong but i suspect that a lot of it has to do to do with with my light skin um anyways so uh, this, you know not everybody is gonna know you're hispanic because of that you know right from actually a distance, uh, i didn't hear that last part i said from a distance you kind of look like you know so you know you got that going yeah. I yeah, got, I, and, it's, and that's that's the the whole, um, I guess, uh, the notion that every Mexican looks like me, you know, like what I look like. Right. When in reality, we're very uh, ethnically diverse. Right. Right. Um, okay. So uh, moving on. So this thought came up uh, as we were kind of uh, going through this before before recording, where. Um, stereotypes right um and, and the question came up where uh let me see if i can find it uh, what is, is there is there an issue with positive stereotypes um so so can we think can we think of some stereotypes like positive stereotypes like asians uh, are good at math like 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 Indian people are all either doctors or, or whatever. Um, Asians are good at math. Is that like a positive stereotype? Yes, they are. Yeah, sounds sounds like I, I would love or, it. All, all would... African American men have giant dinguses. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Working, which can be good, like Mexicans uh, or Latinos, our work ethic is okay. Is, is good. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I feel like Mexican worker stereotype. Yeah, there's like well, the labor, hard worker, but then there's also the sleepy Mexican worker stereotype. So Wait, say that again. I can't hear you, Phil. You can't hear me. Yeah. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Whoa. Okay. What I'm saying is, uh, not to sound like a racist, but oh. in my experience. <laughs> Here goes some racist shit. Here goes some racist shit. Go ahead. Go ahead, white man. It's like the classic phrase with all due respect. With all due respect. And then the N-word comes. No, I'm just kidding. Like in my experience, uh, there's two different, you know, Mexican worker stereotypes. There's yeah, the hardworking day laborer, but then there's also the sleepy Mexican worker, you know, those where the heck? Oh, yeah, that's and that's everybody though. That's like everybody. <laughs> that's, where yeah. did that stereotype come from? I have no idea where that. Well, you know where it came from? from? I'll tell no. you where it came from. It it came from um the the farm workers that worked in the you know the like the early whatever uh in Mexico where tourists would go to Mexico, um and then the the farm workers that worked like from fucking three a.m. or whatever because it's so fucking hot. They wake up really early, like at what you know, three, four a.m. to start working early, so they're not working in the hot fucking sun. And then what they would do is they would go nap under a tree at like you know at like noon or whatever or whenever like the hot the the sun's uh, coming up. And then that's when the tourists are out, and they go and they see all these workers sleeping, like all oh, these lazy bastards. <laughs> you know they should be working, and it's oh, really okay. because they're working against the sun. That that's where that stereotype came from. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that that's, but that whole lazy Mexican sleeping under 
the and then you see that in pictures, kind of like you see those yeah. black. Yeah, that's where that stereotype came from. Because I'm gonna be honest, I, I I've never met a lazy Latino really. The the you know, especially immigrants like those well, guys. Yeah. Those I mean, you work. know, you've met me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, your 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 energy levels are on the same as mine. I wouldn't consider myself lazy. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. No. It, I guess it is. It is. Uh, Especially with immigrants, man. Like, it's that immigrant mentality. Like, I got to work today or I don't know where my next paycheck might come from. And I'm living day to day. I think it's it's also a, not just a immigrant thing. It's a... Because the thing with Latinos, man, I think this is part of the reason why we work so hard. Like, you know, the ones that do. Is because they also live very... Like, you know how some Mexican families are. They, they spend their whole paychecks partying with e- with each other. Like they they spend a lot. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know how your Mexican side is, but like a lot of like working class Mexicans, they yeah. live paycheck to paycheck because they like to, you know. And I'm, I, I mean, I don't mean to generalize, but like especially the Mexicans in the hood. You know? I I would push back on that one. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I don't think it's mm. the party. I think it's the low wages. Uh, right, no. combined with a uh, high mortgage, uh, high rent, and high. You know, I, no, I know that, that, but 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 if you look at like the the parting though, like it, yeah, it it has something to do with you know. Of course, everything you're saying is part of it too, but it's also like let's drink this shit away, you know, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know okay. what they say: work hard, play hard, right? Exactly. That's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Sorry, so so I want I want to focus on on those stereotypes, right? So let's 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 talk about the the stereotype of black men having giant wieners. So pulling up Pornhub just right, right, now. right. So you know I, I would love yeah. it if I if I walk into a room and people just automatically assume <laughs> that I have a wiener. Um, yeah. But are black men stereotyped? Does anybody think of like okay, black men are are they stereotyped as necessarily knowing uh about women's sexuality is that would you say that's a stereotype mm, yeah yeah because I've, I've never yeah, heard I would it say i've never heard i've never heard okay men or, or black men know how to please a woman better uh other than their giant wieners right i personally i've never heard it have you ever experienced? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think there's a misconception that the, the, the size matters and that's where that comes from. Like, you know, yeah. I think, I think the problematic thing with quote unquote positive stereotypes is it puts a lot of unnecessary undue pressure and unrealistic expectations on someone, you know, cause I've, I've met Asian, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in education, um, I work in education when when I'm not podcasting, filmmaking, rapping, and all those other things. And I've met some Asian kids that aren't good at math, and they feel um, like something really pressured them. and put upon. Like there's yeah. something wrong with them. Like they're, they're they have this pressure to become math experts because that's what's expected of them. And I got to say, look, I mean, you are not your stereotype. Just do the best you can. Um, so, and then for a guy, you know, that's a lot of expectation, 
you know, to have if every woman walking up to you is thinking like you've got this, you know, like an elephant trunk down there, and then you just have a normal size, you know, some some something, you know what I mean? And the woman's like, I thought this was gonna be. So I mean, there there are negative aspects to even the positive stereotypes. So so yeah. you guys can tell me if I'm if I'm way off, but to me, he, here's another stereotype that 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 uh, that black men have, right? Uh, where they're thought mm. of as um, more primitive, more animalistic, uh, more violent, um, and to me, that those stereotypes match kind of having a, 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 a you know being bigger. Um, and so, you know, if, if you combine all of those, where it's like we we kind of think of a, a black guy as, as closer to an animal than, than say a, a, a guy of a different uh, ethnicity, well, then is it really a positive stereotype? Am I making any sense? Oh, as if if one if one automatically associates with the other, then no, it is not a, a, a you know a good stereotype. I mean. Mm -hmm. In that in that light, you know, I think I think what I brought up about the unrealistic expectations meets potential disappointment is a pretty good example of how those those positive ones aren't all that good either. But looking yeah. at it on the other side, that's a definite that's definitely a different way of looking at the negativity of the supposed positive stereotype. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other one, go ahead. Like even with the the Asian kid is smart with math. That's that's interlinked with the idea that the parents are like super disciplinary and possibly even, I think some of the stereotype is that some of them are possibly even cruel, you know? And it's yeah. like, you know, that's, that's a negative, that's an, that's a negative connotation to be saddled with as well. Like who wants to be looked at as someone that is, you know, abusing their children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stereotypes, I guess no matter how you look at them they're they're all kind of negative. So the other one is the 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 hardworking Latino, right? Yeah. Now, when we, when you think hardworking Latino, do you ever think doctor, lawyer? No, you think of a dishwasher or a, a gardener or you know something. Or you know, like a Zumba instructor or a jewel thief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, jewel so, thief. So those, I don't know. It, it doesn't sound I like a very positive. French no, it doesn't. Still had the and, market on jewel thievery. You know, saying someone's a hard worker is good, but when you think oh, he's a hard worker, um, go mow my lawn, bitch. You know, like oh shit, like it, it it throws whatever good, you know, comes from 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 that out the window. It's like oh yeah, he's a hard worker, but you know, only for these jobs. You don't think of you know running a a, a, a Fortune five hundred company or whatever. You know, right, right. Uh, the other the other positive stereotype that, that uh, I think we're running into uh, recently is the strong black woman. And I was reading a couple of, of, of articles. They were talking about that. And it was uh, I, for, I forget the name of the person who said it. I think it, it, was, it was an actress who said that, uh, you know, she, she's not a fan of that because the problem with that stereotype is that it doesn't acknowledge uh, a black woman as having um as having the same shortcomings that other human beings have, for example, um, you know, being a victim of, of racism. It's like it, it, it'll hurt the black woman the same as it would hurt a, a woman of, a, of any other uh, non-white ethnicity. Right. And so the, the, the strong black woman stereotype kind of says you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Like you are going to be able to pick up, pick yourself up from your bootstraps. 
regardless of how unfair society is to you. I think it's interesting that you you bring that up because Hollywood has its own unique subset of stereotypes that don't necessarily get played out in the real world in the way that we think of like the hardworking Mexican, the lo- you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, Hollywood will make references to these, but there are some unique archetypes that only exist in movies and not necessarily in day-to-day movies and books that aren't necessarily depicted in day-to-day discussions, like the strong black woman stereotype, which in recent years, I think they've, I'm trying to think of some examples, but they have given some strong black woman uh, black women character flaws, like in um, Getting Away with Murder, as uh, a TV show on ABC. There's a prof- law professor, and she's kind of the, she's kind of like, I, if I recall correctly, the the actress sort of plays a, uh, a, a she 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 has some interesting flaws going on. Put it put it to you that way. Um, what comes to mind also um, when it comes to negative Hollywood stereotypes. Are, is anyone familiar with the stereotype of the magical Negro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? The magical Negro. So the, the magical Negro is a stereotype. Like, is it for just just for reference purposes, example purposes here? Bagger Vance is a perfect example of uh, a yeah. film that depicts the magical Negro. The Magical Negro is a character that comes into um, usually more affluent or wealthy or whatever, you know, white characters' lives. And they're all-knowing, they're, they're super wise, they always say the right thing, and they coach the main character with all their wisdom on how to essentially succeed at whatever it is they're trying to do. Um and the magical Negro is like completely perfect in every single way. It's like having a, a, a male Mary Poppins that's African-American, but for all sorts of things, just pop into your life and go, I'm going to show you how to get this amazing golf swing, and then I'm going to take my happy butt on up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I only exist to further your your plot and your existence in this film. Um, and they don't, they don't really get to be characters of their own. You know, they're they're kind of um, these perfect like token, uh, cut out token character token, and I, you know, I don't know. I had, I had a conversation with a friend about it, and I said, well, at least it's a positive representation. Like that guy wouldn't be able to make it without him. You know what I mean? Like that's the Merlin yeah. to his King well, Arthur. He just happens to be black, but I can uh, see how yeah, some people would look at that and feel like, nah, you know. Yeah, the argument is like it's the it's on the surface like a positive, you know, uh, African American or person of color character, but in reality they're not really a character. They're there, you know, in service of you know the Caucasian person who's actually the main character. You know, they're not there for so it's it's that's that's one of the issues with it is that uh, the perception of what it is is very different than how it's actually right. You know, and I could easily compare, you know, Bagger Vance to um, Merlin, you know, in the the classic King Arthur Mm -hmm. story. uh, Merlin comes in and he's this wise old wizard who advises 
uh, King Arthur to go and do the things he needs to do in order to become king and ascend, you know, classic hero's journey stuff. And sometimes I look at a lot of the magical Negro pieces like, yeah, that's basically who this character is. They're, they're the Merlin in the story. Um, I think sometimes it's done better than others. And in a modern context with a, with a sort of racial lens, it can be a bit problematic. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really what the intentions of the creators were. Like, I don't know if the creator just wanted a carbon thing to just throw out or if they were actually operating in this classic literary tradition when they came up with Bagger Vance. I'm not sure. Um, you know, that an said, example I, that I wanted to throw out there because especially this is like, I mean, this is a comic book film, but I mean, I mean, I'm talking to Joaquin and Phil, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, this is one thing I noticed that I guess it, it kind of, you see it as representation, but it also has a bad aftertaste. So in uh, Captain America Civil War, it's uh, Team Stark versus Team Captain America. And, and who is like every, uh, both of those guys, the two main guys, their right hand man is a black dude. And it's just, I don't know why. It just, yeah, War Machine. Was that? Yeah, War Machine and Falcon. War Machine and Falcon. And it's just like, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of like here's another example. Um, I think I've talked about this before. It's like you know in CNN, you know, or whatever. Like uh, Fox is known as the conservative, and 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 according to everyone, you know, that's the ones who are like the racist, whatever news station. They're they're more on the right. They're kind of a, uh, you know, they they are constantly in a way. Uh, in in support of whoever is supposedly against colored folks, and when you look at people like Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, he he represents more of the left, and he, you know, more uh, tolerance, which you know, whatever. But if you look at, okay, yeah, the the the, the Fox News may put certain things in more of a, a negative per, per, perception, you know. But if you look at like, for example, like the the Jimmy Kimmel guy, and oh, representation. He has uh, what's his name? His little his little like uh, right hand man, uh, Guillermo. Guillermo. And 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 but he never respects the guy. He's constantly having him getting drunk, and he kind of like talks down on him, like in a in a way like he's the lesser of a man. Um, and that's the 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 representation part. Like oh, he's you know, whatever, but it also, it's not, it's not like he, it's not like a Letterman and uh, what's it, what's it, what was his guy's name? I don't know if you remember. Um, I, I think, I, I think I know who you're talking, I can't think of the guy's name, but yeah, yeah, but it's yeah not like Letterman that. has a sidekick, yeah. Right, or, or Conan has Andy Richter and it's nothing like that. And, but and, you know, you know what it, Guillermo kind of reminds if, me? Oh, If he had, if he had like a, uh, a, a co-host that wasn't like Guillermo, I don't think he would treat them that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't know. That's just, I see that and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to me like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's there to represent my people, but, but you're just kind of, uh, you know, you constantly getting them drunk and you're, you're showing this side of, of, of us. That's not, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem genuine to me and it doesn't seem like a good representation. Well, you, you know, especially in 2020, like, you know what it reminds me of? There is a classic 
uh, musical group, and you may have heard of them. They're called the Rat Pack. I mean, I know you've heard of them. You're you're um, you're a Scorsese fan, and if I recall yeah, correctly, Scorsese does pay some tribute to the Rat Pack, old school. You know, uh, yeah. somewhere in the background uh, of his movies. Am I wrong? Frank Sinatra, yeah. Dean Martin, uh, wasn't Jerry? Uh, what's his name? Jerry. Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. But there was another mm-hmm. comedian guy, Jerry. I forgot. Jerry Lewis. Jerry right? Lewis. Uh, yep. Then there's a few other guys. I don't remember the rest. Right. But but there's a, a routine that is well known that, you know, they, they took in Sammy Davis Jr. even during a time when, you know, racism was acceptable in the United States. Right. And, um, like, but they, even though that they, they worked with Sammy, they refused to work places that didn't want, um, they refused to work places that didn't want Sammy to perform because of the color of his skin. They stood up for Sammy. They still had that one, there was like a, a little act they would do. There was a song called Me and My Shadow. The implication was that Sammy Davis was the shadow be, through virtue of his darker skin. And there was also a, a sketch they would do on stage where Sammy was trying to get in on the act or whatever, and they were constantly pushing him to the side. The implication was that it was because he was black. Like, you know, we don't want you in here. What are you doing? And it's supposed to be funny because Sammy Davis is in on the joke, but it, it, it's kind of in that Guillermo territory. It's been some years since right. I've seen footage of this, but that's kind of the idea. Now, I can understand like, why... You should, just, you should just be grateful to be here. Like, get the fuck yeah. out of here. You're and, not and I, I, could, I could understand why Sammy Davis and Frank and Dean may have all thought that that routine was a good idea because of the world they lived in. Like... <laughs> Frank and I have I have no doubt in my mind that Frank and Dean probably respected Sammy as much as white men of the era could have. They probably even considered themselves his friends. Like I've, I think I've, I heard Dean Martin had said to Sammy, like, because I think Sammy was using drugs, and he said, "Look, you have all the money in the world. Why are you on drugs, man? You get all, you get yourself clean." So they obviously cared about him, but yeah. but the 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 they still had to come up with something to placate the insensitive audience. Like, the audience is going to love this, and we would be fools not to do it. Rather than, like, you know, completely be egalitarian about the thing and just ignore the fact that Sammy was black, they had to be a little disrespectful in order to pull in the tickets. So it was just one of those things. But in 2020, Guillermo should not, in my opinion, be happening. It's fine to have the straight man and the not so straight man, but if you're doing it at the expense and the joke is, oh, it's because he's Latino and not just because he's incompetent or something, then that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah. totally okay to have the smart character and the dumb character in comedy. That happens all the time. Right. But if he's dumb only because he's Latino or only because he's Asian or only because he's, that's that's not fair. You know what I mean? Right. And then if you watch some of the segments they have, it's constantly like a, it does. It, it's not set. See, it's not. They're not stupid. They're gonna just say, "Oh, it's because we're Mexican," but but it's implied. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I mean, maybe come. Maybe I'm just I'm overanalyzing something. But I don't know if you guys. I mean, you, you clearly see what I'm I'm talking about. Like that's it's the it's the you should be grateful you're here. Shut up and fucking play your role, kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? 
which it's it's it happens in many other. I mean, I just named one example. I mean, we could, you know, there's. So, um, so um, you know, the skeptics listening to this, uh, you know, you might be thinking like, all right, get over yourselves. Things aren't that great if 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 you're white. Uh, well, there's plenty of stereotypes for white people. Can we think of some stereotypes for white people? Bill. Uh, well, I mean, I don't really think there are any. Is there other than everything you know, we, we, Jeff Foxworthy has ever said? Or uh, that I, I have one that is not true that fucking white people can't cook good food. Like, who the fuck? Who created that shit? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I think hey, some of it. No, is no, it's that. not that it's not that white people It's not the, the stereotype is that white people don't know about seasoning. Yeah, that's the stereotype. That's, that's not true. But <laughs> but, but you know, true. but but you know what? Like I think, um, like what? What was it? I saw a meme when COVID nineteen when people were raiding the toilet paper oh, and, ha- yeah. and like hoarding, and the meme said, <laughs> "I noticed that all the meat is gone, but the seasoning is still here. We know who's doing the hoarding." Yeah, I saw that. That's a- it. Was a terrible? But you know, I I think if anything, it. You you could you could make that assertion specifically about the British because historically, <laughs> thanks to the war, look, well there is a reason for that, you know, because World War Two happened and they all had to have like they, their whole country went on ration mode long after the war was over, and right. they just kind of got used to cooking a certain way. But over here in America, I think the problem may be that cooking at home has kind of dropped, and I know in the African American. Uh, yeah, fast food has risen, and I, I know that in the African American households, um, there's still some hold to grandma's going to teach the daughters in the family how to how to cook, and maybe some of the more middle class, you know, and I don't know, but maybe maybe uh, some of the more middle class folks just don't have the time because they're working more hours at at their job or their, you, you know, whatever the case may be, but. Yeah. So I, I don't I, I but I honestly don't know where that stereotype come from. That is the biggest that's the biggest I think everybody, um, regardless of of ethnicity, um, if you can cook. I mean the French are amazing. Well except for the British. Except for the British. The British are Screw them. I mean, I have some British friends. I love y'all, but <laughs> So, so let's say let's say you're a manager, right? And you're about to hire. You need you need to fill a position, and you get a Latino come in, and you get a white guy come in, and they're both uh, equally qualified. And those ser- stereotypes kick in, right? You're like, oh, I don't know, man. This Latino, he might he might steal he might steal from me, but I don't know about this white guy. He can't cook. Well, which one are you like more likely to hire? Honestly. Um, if I were, depending on the kind of restaurant I were running, if I were really buying into stereotypes, I'd be like, well, we wanted to add, uh, uh, we wanted, we wanted to add, uh, uh, uh nachos and burritos to the menu. So I'm going to hire Jorge. <laughs> and if it's not, okay. Uh, I, I would argue that most people are going to not want to get, uh, are going to want their place not to get, uh stolen from then then you know then then uh, have a bad cook especially if it's right. not well, a it, I, a I mean it depends it depends on what stereotypes you're aware of some people aren't aware of all of them you know the, the point i'm trying some to make people are buying all of them but i get your point i'm sorry yeah is that is that uh you know somebody not knowing how to cook is not as harmful 
to 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 white people. Uh, another wow. one is white people can't da can't dance. You know it, how harmful really is that? Like you're gonna make get made fun of, and that's probably about it. How often um, do you have to dance? Right? Whereas uh, if 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 the stereotype is that you're violent, you're more likely to get stopped by police. If you know if your stereotype the stereotype is, is that you're is that you steal, um, same thing. Um, okay. So oh, can I say something? No, yeah, no. the please. new stereotype, the new stereotype that I would say that it kind of got uh, like thrown out there in the last whatever 15 years. I would say since the Oklahoma bombings is that white dudes are like more likely to be domestic terrorists. I'm glad that you brought that one up. Actually, um, that that you know that's a horrible stereotype. I wouldn't want that to be some what somebody thinks of me. But when you look at the news coverage of, uh, say, bombers or, you know, even mass shooters, uh, you know, it, it seems like. And, and hold on, hold on. Let me, yeah. can I just finish it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say this is amongst, I think that stereotype is, it's not necessarily um, like something the media throws around. It's something that we kind of just, as a people, have decided mm -hmm. based on what, you know, on like Columbine. Well, it's not, uh, it's not just one. <laughs> no, right. No, I'm saying I'm talking about, you know, like uh, Oklahoma, Columbine, fucking uh, all these that have happened. Uh, what was it? Sandy Hook. Uh, all that. Stuff. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of them. Um, lot. Yeah. So when when you look at the media coverage, they especially. Yeah, they try really hard to focus on the humanity of the shooter. Which, you know, you look at the way uh, George Floyd uh, has, has been covered. Uh, uh, people can't see, uh, to me, it seems like people can't wait to point out that uh, if he had uh, committed like that. And not just George Floyd, they, you know, it happened with Oscar Grant and it happens with countless of people who are victims of, of police shootings. Um, so, you know, there, there definitely is a, um, a double standard based on, on what yeah. your race is. And, and you know what, what gets... What gets me is, you know, um, people, and and my aunt has has said this once before. It, it doesn't really matter, you know, what what any of these folks were doing before they were killed. They deserve to be arrested, and then especially if they weren't resisting arrest, they deserve to be arrested and brought before a jury of their peers yeah. if it's that serious. Yeah. But none of the people that have been killed. Made it except for like Sandra Bland, and I know it's supposedly a suicide, but we all know that's that's baloney. Um, but none of the people who've been killed made it to prison. None of them made it to jail. None of them got to see a lawyer or anything. They've just been executed, like right then in there. Yep. And that's that's good lord. You know what I mean? Like that's even worse, I think, than making it to trial and then. A, a, a bunch of your peers finding you guilty even though the evidence clearly says you're not you know what I mean like um, or or even if you were guilty of whatever it was like my, um, you, you've seen uh, some of you have seen Fruitvale that that fight that happens on Bart train the altercation or argument whatever it was something did happen but by the time the train was stopped Oscar and his friends weren't they weren't. They were just leaving. They didn't, they didn't continue. They were done. Like, George Floyd was killed because 
he had given a hundred dollar bill or some some big bill to, to the store he patroned on a regular basis and it looked like it may have been phony and their policy was to call the to alert the police and I don't know if that's a city law or ordinance or what but there's just what the store's policy was they didn't know the police were going to kill him they were just like hey can you come and check this out Floyd probably didn't know that the hundred dollar bill was fake you know what I mean and it's not like I mean Floyd was a part of the legendary DJ Screw rap crew. It's not like he was hurting for money, <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's I don't know. It, it's, it's that whole guilty before proven innocent, and even if you are innocent too bad, you know, you were just black at the wrong time, it, it, it's or Latino at the wrong time, you know? Shoot. Yeah. Okay, so um, moving on to, to the next topic. Um, <laughs> is I wanted to talk about, um, you know, white people playing uh, people of color in movies. Um, the thing is, it's so it's not just one movie here and there. You know, it, it's, it's happening a lot, and it's been happening pretty much uh, uh, since the beginning uh, of cinema. And, um, you know, one of the counter-arguments... Viva Zapata is an example. Oh, Okay. Uh, of what? Uh, Marlon Brando playing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been going on for years. Yeah. Right. And so one of the counter arguments is like, if, if they do a good job, or if there's nobody else uh, for the role. Um, there's theater everywhere, right? Anywhere that you look, there's going to be theater. Um. Also, like, you know, there's there's, if you talk about say. I don't know, the Southeast Asian population, like it's a huge population, right? They're going to have theater all over that place. There's going to be people talented, uh, people with talent in that region. And you could pretty much say that about any region, right? And so if I wanted to make a movie about, say, um, uh, I don't know, the, the, the Samoans, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't know any Samoan actors. I guess I'll just I'll do my best to, to look to I have the hair, you know, so I'll just play a Samoan. Naturally, there would be backlash. It, it would be I feel like it would be hypocritical. You know, it's like or not, I don't know if hypocritical is the correct word, but it's like, let's say I'm some like big shot Hollywood director and I decide to just cast myself as Samoan. Like I have the resources to look for somebody. You know, and it doesn't have to be someone. It could be any any group, any single group. Like the resources exist to find somebody who 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 is of that group, who represents that. Um, yeah. What if? Well, you know, it blackface. I'm not I'm not defending it at all, by the way. But um, blackface goes all the way back to Shakespearean days. You know, because they. Um, and then during the Shakespearean era, I can kind of, you know, the, the, these these actors back in those days, women weren't allowed to act, let alone, I mean, and you probably couldn't find actors of people of color in the British Isles during Shakespeare's day, um, because the people, if there were, and there were uh, 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 people of the African diaspora in Britain during that time period, they were rather marginalized from, what I, from my understanding, like, you know, they weren't being, they weren't lining up to become actors 
neither were neither was the Globe Theater looking to recruit them per se. Um, but you know, Othello, being Shakespeare's only play starring a black character and a really good play, I may add, over the over the centuries has had uh, multiple people in blackface until modern times, where you know people of African descent started making their way into the becoming professional actors. But that blackface sort of tradition carries over from there. It carries over from the minstrel shows. And I can, I, you know, I can't, I can never really, for, I can't forgive it, but I can understand how in the early days when everybody thought it was permissible and, you know, they just didn't want to work with black actors, why they would go, okay, well, we're going to put blackface on, even though the times when they did put black, blackface on, it was demeaning. Amos and Andy, um, which were, which was like a comedic radio show, which is not necessarily blackface, but white people pretending to be black over the radio. You know what I mean? Going all the way back to like the thirties and forties. Um, it just, it's just, it's, it's been the standard for so long and people often forget that African-American actors, uh, as, as a, as an institution, as a thing is, is still kind of recent, you know what I mean? Like it's still yeah, like I, respectable. To that? Yeah, I don't know if you know who Step and Fetch it is. Yes, yes, I know who Step and Fetch it is. He's like one of the first, whatever, mm-hmm. black actors, and he he was billed as the laziest man in the world. He played the stereotypical, you know, um, like Negro. lazy Negro back in the days. And he he's known as one of the first black actors to be in white films. And um, he only died in he died in 85. dude. <laughs> like, that's not that long ago. When, when was he acting? I mean, he was born. Yeah, it's, it's so not that long ago at all. In the 30s to the 70s. That's when his and uh, he's yeah, what? he died in 85. So, I mean, that's five years before I was born like this. The, the fact yeah, that's that's. Born, yeah right like that's how crazy yeah it's not that long ago and and it's just it's it's one of those things where we're living in an era now where where i think there are more black actors in hollywood than ever before and it's like that old excuse of well we can't find anybody we can't find anybody that they used to attempt to use even back in sydney portier's day that is worn thin as paper you know, it's like maybe back in Portier's day, you could probably, probably try your best to get away with it and say it's because we don't have any talent or whatever. But now it's like there are so many um, and there are so many good ones. There's no reason for you to the only the only time in the last 10 years where um, and I, I would say it's never been cool. But the only time that I've seen blackface and I and I actually enjoyed it was in Tropic uh of Tropic Thunder, because it, it was a parody of how stupid blackface is. Um, yeah. It was poking fun at the institution of blackface. That right. and and an episode of um, in method acting, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in method acting. That and an episode of Mad Men, where one of the characters, they're they're at like a garden party. Um, these upper crust characters, and one of the characters is singing in a barbershop quartet, and he's got blackface on. And this is a show set in the in the '60s, following like 
Madison Square Avenue advertising uh, executives. And it makes sense for the time period of the show that one of those, you know, posh, rich, you know, affluent characters would be insensitive enough to wear that mask out on at the garden party for whatever reason. Like, I'm like, okay, they're doing that for historical accuracy. They're not, they're not, they're not whitewashing any, any, they're not sugarcoating anything. They, you know what I mean? Like it isn't a dig at me personally. It's like, Oh, this was a thing they did. And this is another reminder of this was the sixties, warts and all, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm fine with things like that where it's like, clearly we knew this, this is a well-known character in the series. So it's like, he wasn't trying to pass off as someone black. He was actually trying to do a, uh, a minstrel show routine. Um, and it was a brief segment and and then Tropic Thunder. So stuff like that, I'm like, okay, fine. But for you to just do an entire film and, you know, where one of your main characters is exemplifying a stereotype or just in blackface in general when there's no need, can't take it, you know? So um, I wrote down a list of movies that, that do cast uh, white actors as as people of color, uh, and it, you know it's it's a it's a it's not that big of a list considering the amount of movies that 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 have, where that has happened. Uh, but I did write down movies that are either recent or or iconic. So move, those movies are um, Elizabeth, Michael, and Marlon, which I think that's a TV show. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, The Thirty Three, Avatar: The Last Airbender, Othello from nineteen sixty five. West Side Story, The Lone Ranger from 2013, Cleopatra, Exodus, Gods and Kings, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Short Circuit, The King and I, Batman Begins, Drive, Touch of Evil, Lawrence of Arabia, Carlito's Way, uh, A Mighty Heart, Ghost in the Shell, Birth of a Nation, Gods of Egypt, Noah, Doctor Strange, Power Rangers from 2017, uh, Death Note, and um, this one you know, might be controversial, Every single movie made about Jesus. Yeah. Why Doctor Strange? I, I get the idea that we're we're expanding on on uh, blackface and going into other races as well. But why Doctor because Strange? Of, uh, because of uh, Tilda. Uh, the ancient one. Yeah, the ancient one is supposed to be an Asian guy. She played. Well, but here's the but here here's the difference with the Doctor Strange in particular film versus the others you listed. For one, it would be considered like I guess this would be Asian face if they had went along with the original origin. In the film, they actually change her background. I, I believe they say she's, or at least they imply that she's supposed to be a, a Celtic wizard and not like an Asian one. You know what I mean? Like I think that's the implication that they make. Like she's not she's not of Asian descent. I think they also they make that kind of clear. They also mentioned the original, uh, the original ancient one, the, the Asian guy. They mentioned him in something else, right? In the movie. Yeah, I think they mistaken. do. I think they they mentioned that there was one before her. So my my right. whole thing, my whole thing with that is it's not Asian face. Like they didn't turn her into an Asian. They just made up a brand new character and made that character a white woman. Which right. I'm. You know, that's a different issue. That is, that is, are we okay with taking comic book characters and then changing their ethnicity for the sake of diversity? And that's a whole, that's a whole another conversation. Are we the, okay? the, the, there's, there's, there's something else that I wanted to mention. Can you, are, yeah. Can you hear? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Well, there's another. Uh, there's. I think this film is still being made. It's Shia La- Shia LaBeouf. I don't want. I don't. I've never said his name. Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. I don't know how you pronounce that. There's a whole uh, song called Shia LaBeouf where they they creepily Shia echo LaBeouf. and chorus Shia LaBeouf. It's Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Well, he's he's in works right now to make this film about. Uh, I believe he plays a cholo. Uh, yeah. uh, like a East LA cholo, and there's a picture with him, and he's got like a, if I'm not mistaken, a Virgin Mary tattoo on his chest, and he's like all choloed out. But the thing is, like one of the things that this guy who he heard about this whatever this uh, there's this article. He, he I saw the video. He he's watching it, and uh, he's he's talking about the the person who wrote this. He's like, first of all, the whole cholo thing. You don't have to be Mexican to be cholos. There's a lot of like, the cholo culture is like big in Asia. <laughs> There's a lot of Armenian and like Middle Easterners that are part of it. It's not particularly so. It's like the thing with the, with some of the outrage too is it's like it's coming from people who just want to stir shit up. Yeah, yeah. I would I would make the argument that if you're and you could you could refute me if you like, but um. If you're playing a character that's Latino and and you're and a white person is cast instead of a Latin American actor, um, let's not forget that Spain, which was a country of Europeans, colonized that area. So it's to me, it's perfectly feasible that you know someone coming out of Mexico and being involved in the Cholo culture or being involved or living in LA or being a Sereno for that matter could have blonde hair and blue eyes because some of the Spaniards had blonde hair and blue eyes and settled over in Mexico. You know, why not? I'm, I'm uh, glad that you, I'm glad, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was, I was, oh, that was my, yeah. Let me, let me say, let me say something real quick though. We, we don't even have to go back that far <laughs> to fucking, uh, to the Spaniards, uh, in like the civil war era, a lot of Mexican, a lot of uh, Irish immigrants went to Mexico and like, look at Canelo. Canelo, if you didn't hear him talk, you'd think he's like fucking, you know, sounds like a leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? huh. Yeah. So, and it's like, go ahead. So, so in the overall, you know, let's think big picture, right? Let's go all the way from the top of Mexico, the, the border between Mexico and the U.S. and all the way down to South America, which, uh, what is it, uh, Argentina? Anyways, if you take that whole uh, landmass, when you compare the amount of Europeans that came to the amount of, of well, let's say, call them Indians, the Europeans weren't that many. You know, like a lot of Europeans came and they came in waves. But when you compare it to the amount of Indians that, that, that are still there, it's not that many. And so the majority, in fact, argue that we, some, a lot of those places had more um, Africans imported to, to, to be slaves. Than, than Europeans um, and and you don't see as many uh, people of African descent playing Latinos and, and there definitely seems to be an imbalance between uh, people who, who are Indian playing Latinos and people who are of European descent playing Latinos uh, you know it, it, it's, it's tipped over in favor of people who are of European descent and, and I think that's kind of where a lot of the, the uh, anger comes from. It's like, if it was even if it was proportional to the the to to the population, it's like, well, you know, no big deal. But it's like, 
it, to me, it seems like every chance that, that a movie gets, it's going to cast a white person. Um, you know, yeah, there weren't that many Spanish people in Latin America uh, to justify the amount of times that a person from European descent gets cast as a Latino. That's a good point. On, on the subject of Afro-Latinos, um, I, I think they're, they are probably the least represented in, in Hollywood films. I can't even think of a Hollywood film where I've seen and I'm drawing a blank. I'm trying desperately to think of a film, a Hollywood film where I've seen an Afro-Latino. And I, you know, I read about them in the history books, the slave trade, the Atlantic slave trade had to stop over in the Spanish controlled territories before they went on to the Americas. So some, some of folks that looked like me were sold um, in that area, but I don't know a whole lot about the black population in Mexico. And, and if I just relied on Hollywood movies, I wouldn't know a dang thing about them. Yeah. You ask a Latino what they are and they're going to say they're part European and part, part Indian. Uh, you tell them, Oh, maybe you're black. No, 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 no. You know, that's, that's what usually what you're going to hear. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, we are. We just don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Any, any more thoughts on, on this topic before we move on? I'm trying to find a way to talk about tiptoes. I can't find a So I'm just going to talk about tiptoes. Do y'all know what I'm talking about when I say tiptoes? No, I don't. So tiptoes is a movie about little now people. Now your breakfast, right? you mentioned breakfast at Tiffany's in your list, right? Yeah. Me up. Remind me, what was the sin there? There was the, was it an Asian character? Yeah, it was played by a white guy and it was very stereotypical. I think Mickey uh, Rooney, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know the actor's name, but I think the character was like really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that is that the one where they have you guys ever seen? Um, what's that film? Uh, I'm sure some of you have seen this, the Dragon the Bruce Lee film. Dragon the Bruce Lee story with that. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Remember that film they're watching? He's he he goes into a theater with his girlfriend to watch some movie where they're doing the stereotypical Asian. It's a really like '60s film. I don't know if you remember that. And uh, he's looking at it. He gets angry because he didn't like that representation. That's what he fought for. Kind of like we we're talking about JD Charisma. Like there's not a lot of like Bruce Lee was one of the first hot Asian guys on film. Yeah. All right. Well, you um, know, I'm, I'm going to use representation to talk about tiptoes. So has anyone seen tiptoes? Mm-hmm. No. So tiptoes is a movie about little people. Right, a regular woman is dating a little person, dude. Got to bring the little person, dude, to meet the family. Shenanigans ensue, right? Now the movie has Peter Dinklage in it, but Peter oh. Dinklage is not the main little person. The main little person is Gary Oldman walking on his knees. Oh shit! I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a movie called Tiptoes. It stars Gary Oldman walking on his knees, pretending to be a little person, even though you have Peter Dinklage in the movie. Yeah. That's right. I see saying. So, you know, you want to talk about representation. You want to talk about, you know, able-bodied, straight, white male walking on his knees, pretending to be a midget. I mean, you know. Well, well I got something. I got something to... to... 
to, to touch on that, uh, I mean, you guys are familiar with Bill Burr. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You seen his latest special where he talks about that? Refresh, refresh uh, our memories. One of, well, it's, uh, it's called Paper Tiger. One of the, one of the, I think we watched it at my place uh, after a session a long time ago. Anyways, one of the the bits he talks about was about um, about how some actors are portraying stuff they're not, and one of the one of the examples he gave was Brian Cranston playing a par- paraplegic. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, I think I did see that. The bit is basically. You know that there was people who were outraged that uh, able-bodied person was playing a paraplegic, and he's like, "Yeah, it's called acting." <laughs> it's like, uh, "Is the right guy for the job?" He's because of good actors. Like, I don't want to understand why people are getting upset with stuff like that. It's like, "How did you get this role?" Well, so I fell in the pool and I uh, was paralyzed from the head. You know, and he's like, he goes on about like the the how he finds it ridiculous that. Just because you're not a fucking uh, disabled person, that you're getting roles to play a disabled person. Um, I, uh, another example was Jared Leto. He played a a gay uh, a gay prostitute, uh, transsexual prostitute in uh, in the, this film with uh, I believe it's called Dallas Buyers Club, and he's doing press for this film, and they asked him. Uh, Someone said, "Like, you, like you're playing, you're playing a, uh, you're a straight person playing a gay person. Like, uh, they kind of want to, you know, they, 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 they're kind of like trying to make him feel bad about it. And he's like, well, what about when a straight, per, uh, a gay person plays a straight person? Would you have the same outrage? And then, you know, they kind of just, uh, I think they just kind of backed down <laughs> from, <laughs> from bringing that up to him because it." I don't know. I, it, when it comes to race, it, it is. I don't know. It's 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 a complicated issue. Like uh, like should if you're if you're not a paraple- uh, quadriplegic, should you be able to play you know this role? I would argue that um, that that the type of argument that Bill Burr makes um, makes it seem more complicated than it is. Right. So let's take let's take able uh, ableism, for example. If again, if we were to make a pyramid, right, uh, uh, same same uh, same pay scale, right, uh, zero to fifty on the bottom, fifty thousand to hundred thousand in the middle, and then a hundred thousand up um, uh, on the top, and then we were to to fill it up with people, and we were to kind of look, okay, uh, what percentage? Uh, people who who have some kind of handicap uh, are they overrepresented in the bottom and are they underrepresented in the top and you would my guess is that you would find that that would be the case right people with disabilities uh, uh, are going to be over overrepresented in the bottom and underrepresented in the top and if you take that same uh, pyramid and you put people for their their sexual orientation uh, my guess is that you would find people who are uh, part of the LGBTQ at the bottom and uh, uh, overrepresented and the LGBTQ underrepresented uh, at the top. In fact, uh, you know, you can look at say, um, uh, you know, let's look at something that's less, that's more transparent than, 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 uh, than, than income. You look at um, 
politics. You know, you look at the House of Representatives, you look at the Senate, and you look at presidents, right? Um, you don't find very many who are part of the LGBTQ. And so when you think about that, we look at uh, representation. It's not that, oh, it's people that aren't, aren't this thing are playing this role. It's that people who are at overrepresented at the top of that pyramid are playing roles that aren't really theirs, right? It's not that you're gonna find an equal amount of movies where a gay guy plays a straight guy as a straight guy playing a gay guy. Usually, or, or, or what was the other one? Um, ableism, right? Usually you're gonna find that what happens more often is somebody who, who does not have a handicap is playing somebody who does have a handicap. And it's the same thing with, with, uh, with race. Right? It's usually white people who are playing people of color. Um, personally, that, that's, that's where the, the, the anger comes from for, for me. If it was even, if it was like, oh, you know, you have a, you have a, a I don't know who, um, I can't think of a name, but like, it's like, okay, you have black people playing, playing all these like roles that, that were meant for white people. So what's the big deal? It's like, in fact, you could look at like uh, I, when they were trying to make—I forget the guy's name—a uh, black actor. They were trying to make him um, uh, uh, James Bond. Like yeah. people were upset. Yeah, like there was there was an uproar over that. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, they actually went back and were like, okay, well, we're not going to cast him. Um, so it isn't that 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 like oh, it's people. Yeah, like I said, it's not that people are playing roles that aren't there. It's it's, it's usually people who do represent that top of the pyramid are playing roles uh, that aren't theirs. I, I would say this, you know, um, James Bond, I'm, I'm a big fan when it comes, uh, when it comes to uh, film and television of sticking close to the source material as close right. as you can. And Ian Fleming's James Bond character is British. At the end of the day, he's a British character in those books. Now, oh. you could, I, you know, I've, I've, I've read a little bit, like I've skimmed through it. I've, I haven't read an entire James Bond novel. But for, of, of what I can glean is that his character is British in manner. He's described as having dark hair and brown eyes, you could get away with casting an African-American in that role, even though it was written at a time when they weren't very prominent in the British Isles. However, um, I think one argument I've heard a fan make about making James Bond African uh, of African descent is that traditionally Bond films, you know, they're spy films. So you can't have Bond running around in Europe if he's of African descent because he'd stick out like a sore thumb, the thinking says. But I argue and say having a black James Bond, if you're if you're starting over, if you're creating a brand new James Bond from scratch, like you're you're doing a whole reboot, I think that's totally fine. Um, but if you're saying that Idris Elba is Daniel Craig's character that we've been following uh, for the last decade or so, Changing. that's gonna require quite a bit of suspicion and disbelief for me. You know, yeah. 
And if you're going to cast an African-American James Bond in like a 60s retro setting, then you might have to change the locations. Maybe have him go in you know, through Cairo, you know, um, the French-controlled Congo, you know, Congo, you know, Africa, the Middle East, maybe Brazil or something like that. But in a modern context, there's people of the African diaspora everywhere. You can totally have a modern James day James Bond going through France and not batting too many eyes in the year 2020. But to that, it, I would say, I think, why do you even need to make James Bond to give James Bond a, a black actor, just come up with a brand new franchise, you know, make, instead yeah. of him being 007, make him 008. It could be, it could be, <laughs> so it, it could be a Jason Bourne style, like the Jason Bourne series. Jason Bourne wasn't a guy. It's just the way they trained the soldiers. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. yeah, you could have a separate, yeah. but equal franchise. Right. And, and not make it a 008. Cause then it'd be like, Ah, uh, this is not as good as oh seven, <laughs> and then yeah, right. So, so with James Bond, when it right, it, when it changes actors, um, does it does it always start over? Or does it continue? Does it continue the it's, saga? It's usually implied that it's the same guy, but it's like a loose continuity because, like, obviously he hasn't been doing it for sixty years, like in real life. But then there are winks and nods like in Die Another Day when uh, Pierce Brosnan's James Bond is in like Q's lab and there's like all these, there's like the jetpack from From Russia with Love and the octopus submarine from Octopussy. And there's like all these props from like old James Bond movies. And it's implied that all this stuff kind of happened, but it's like, it's like a loose continuity. It's not like everything. Well, it's like the yeah. comic book. It's like a comic book universe time, what they call a sliding time scale, that Marvel and DC have. Can I say something um, about this? The, yeah, uh, I think that we, I think we talked about this the day we had our conversation about this on our little thread. Is okay. Let's say I, I and now I want to know. It's a two part question because I also want to know what like you guys think about how they uh, they were in talks with uh, uh what's his name. Um, the guy that I mean, that was just a rough no, no, no. that was ever cool. No, 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 the guy that the guy that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael B. Jordan wasn't there was a rumor that he was gonna play Superman, and you know, I mean, if 007 had this much, whatever, uh, anyways, whenever it comes to stuff like that, or you know, they want to make this uh, other character a Latino character or whatever, and it it it. It shows uh, like a forward-thinking world, a more progressive world, but but it's the the problem I have it with it with that is like it's only in film <laughs> because a lot of the stuff is not changing in real life, and when you see stuff like that, like oh they're gonna make Double Seven Black, it kind of gives you the the you know it, it kind of cheats you into thinking oh everything else is good now we're seeing this and i think i don't know maybe it's set up to be that way it's a trick of the time you know like no racism doesn't exist we have a black so, so it's kind of like what's happening now where they're like hey look we got rid of Aunt Jemima, and the redskins are having to change their name and look we fixed all the problems yep yeah exactly like when, when, and then look at the time 
where where Aunt Jemima was when they got rid of her. It was during the George Floyd protest. Like, you know what? I hear what you're saying. We're the Redskins or the Redskins are changing their name probably to. Like I know the Navajo have come out and said it suggested that if they if they're going to change the name from Redskins as they've said they're going to, that they should uh, use the name the Wind Talkers. The Wind Talkers were a special Navajo-led uh, uh, squadron during World War II, and they essentially used the Navajo language as code over the radio so that the Germans wouldn't be able to tell where the Sam Hill the Americans were planning when they were listening because Germans didn't know Navajo, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they could just teach it to the U.S. soldiers, and that's, that's kind of what they did. And I'm like, it doesn't have – it's it's not the 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 catchiest name, but is a very respectful. I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, when you learn the history behind it, you're like, oh, that's still wind talkers. But if you don't know the history, it's kind of like, yeah, the Washington wind talkers. It, sure. Um, I, as an aside, but I, to your point, <laughs> can I, say I would something say about, this, huh? Can I say something about the wind talkers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the wind talkers. Uh, the the suggested the Navajo suggested that they change. No, 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 I know. Yeah. But to your I, point. I, oh. Yeah, no, I just want to say something about the Wind Talkers. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Throw it out. Throw it out. Sorry, brother. He was a descendant of uh, uh, Sitting Bull, and he also told me that he, his grandfather was also, great grandfather was a Wind Talker. And he said that some of those Wind Talkers, they didn't sign up to be Wind Talkers, they were pulled kind of like stolen from their tribes and kind of forced into training and if they got injured in war they had a guy assigned to which i guess in the movie that they made they kind of touched on with uh, nicholas cage if you if you were a wind talker and you got hurt where you could possibly be taken in as a hostage they'd have that guy who was assigned to guard you wink wink to just kill you so that if they took you in as a pow you wouldn't be able to teach them your language so i don't know just a little interesting little <laughs> thing about the wind talkers that is some cia level treachery right there um <laughs> which is which is why i've often said of all the law enforcement branches in the united states i would not want to be a cia agent i don't want to work for a company where one of my either one of my trainees or one of my colleagues is going to put a bullet in the back of my skull because they suspect something. No trial, no you're fired, just he knows too much, and he's been acting a little funny with some of the stuff he's been saying lately, so we're just going to shoot him in the back of the head. No, no, thank you. Yep. <laughs> There's no retirement from that job. Um, but no, <laughs> no. like, uh, but, but what I was going to say is all these companies and, and Hollywood making these changes – they are making changes that they can make. Like Hollywood can only either reflect what they want the culture to be in the, in, in the, a filmmaker only can only reflect what he wants the world to be, what he's worried the world will become or, or what he sees the world as it is. Um, but a filmmaker, unless they're a congressman cannot, uh, or, or a city councilman or, sitting on the policeman's board uh, unless they are one of these things they can't actually sign a, a a paper or put out an executive order to jail killer cops or to punish killer cops and the aunt jemima people 
uh, cannot do that either. But what they can do is maybe change a, a switch out a racist stereotype to show some form of solidarity for the cause of racial justice. Like, right. I mean, all I do is make syrup, so I can't really put the cop that killed George Floyd in jail, but I can change the syrup label to show you more respect as a symbol uh, of being anti-racist. You know what I mean? So there, these, these companies and these promotions that are making these changes are either doing the best they can uh, to put a PR campaign out against racism, or they're just doing the best they can so we keep feeding them money without any recourse. It could be a bit of both. It could depend on which executive made the decision, but it's not like you know we we can't really get frustrated with these people who are doing this because they're not they're not linked up to the police. You know they're not linked up to the court system. They're not linked up to to any of the any of the institutions that matter i think the only example of of this uh of the, this sort of trend of trying to appease that doesn't really hit the mark is that you guys familiar with the karen law yeah <laughs> but explain, uh, explain so that in case the listeners aren't yeah so i've so, only heard about it so here's an here's an example of a group of people who clearly have the power to actually do something about this police brutality business. And instead they give us the Karen law, which is kind of a half step. So the Karen law, I think it's San Francisco passed this. The Karen law basically allows for there to be a fine against anybody who calls the police baselessly on a person of color. Um, like if it's, it's sort of like a kind of a hate crime, but with a fine and it's basically, you know, you've seen, uh, you've heard stories of various, uh, it's like a couple of white women who have seen black people minding their own business, doing something completely innocuous, neutral. And then they're like, Oh, I'm calling the cops on you because you're barbecuing in the park, or I'm going to call the cops on you because you were walking down the street. And now that the, you know, the city's just like, Oh yeah. Uh, if you do that, we're going to, you're wasting the cops time and you're, and we're going to fine you Karen. So they called it the Karen law. Oh, did they call it something <laughs> yeah. else, uh, in New York because of that lady who called the cops on that guy at the park and she was choking out her dog. Um, the Amber something or Amy Lee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I mean, that's a nice gesture and I'm, I'm glad that there's another incentive for someone not to call the police on me while I'm walking down the street, minding my own business, listening right. to, um, Talu Kweli probably, but, yeah. but it doesn't fix the, I, I, it's a roundabout way of saying we aren't going to sanction the cops for killing you, but we're going to put one more hindrance on people calling the cops on you. And I'm like, that, that doesn't quite solve the problem, guys. That's kind of like the DACA thing. Uh, like, you know, they're trying to pass this dreamer act where a lot of these kids, they, they're law abiding citizens. They were raised here they weren't born here, but they're, you know, they, they're American in a, in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, what they what the Dreamer Act was basically, they just want to be able to be, able, you know, OK, yeah, of course, citizenship, but they want to be able to go to school. They want to be able to work at other, you know, without having to hide their identity. And I guess the DACA was was a good, you know, it's not exactly it's like you ask for something and they give you a chewed up version of it. Didn't it come right before the 2012 election? Oh. 
Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> After, like, they were pushing for it since, like, 08. Oh, I wonder <laughs> so if they were related. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you, you want to ask for shit, make sure you ask for shit right before election. <laughs> yeah. So, and shoot right high. Before. Shoot high. So that... Yeah, nobody was asking for the dreamers thing. We were, we were asking for something else. Right. So, so anyway, um, that's similar to, like, have you guys heard what Berkeley what Berkeley's solution for curbing police brutality is? No. It's it's so Berkeley. Uh, basically, I was you know, re- even Dungeons and Dragons came out and announced <laughs> that they were going to hire like, more creators of Wait, color. Hold on. I hear two people talking over each other. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm trying, I, I'm trying to talk, I heard first. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even hear. So let me let yeah, me reboot my weird. screen. Hold on. Yeah, but what I was what I was saying is, and this is so yeah. Berkeley, is that uh, what Berkeley has. I was reading today what Berkeley is doing is they're trying to like either pass an order or pass a mandate to basically limit the things cops can enforce. Like they want to ban cops from enforcing traffic violations. So like if you run a red light or you run a stop sign, cops can't do anything because their reasoning is well if cops are stopping you for less things then there'll be less things that you can get killed over and it's <laughs> it's so backwards but it's so Berkeley that like I totally believe they would do something that stupid because the city has done stupider things before and it's like when with San Francisco when they like decriminalized like automotive break-ins like a few years ago they re- they they decriminalized automotive break-ins and they went from being felonies to misdemeanors and like overnight automotive break-ins started skyrocketing because uh it's almost as if laws don't prevent crime law enforcement prevents crime who knew and so what would happen is then the city of san francisco would turn around and say oh felony convictions are down such and such percent and it's like well no it's not you just you're just reclassifying things to make your number sound better but you're actually making the problem worse it's a it's a stupid band-aid for sure because if you go dude uh, last year i went to so many shows and especially in oakland there's a breaking in every fucking almost every show that i went to someone said hey my car got broken into like yeah <laughs> that's uh there grab, was, a drink. I think, grab a drink I, buddy <laughs> I, I forget what news channel was some news channel was doing a story on the surge in automotive break-ins in san francisco since they decriminalized automotive break-ins and while they were interviewing somebody, their news van got broken into and their equipment got stolen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Good job, San Francisco. <laughs> That's when you're too fucking nice. You gotta not be that nice. Like, uh, Although ah. I think the, the reverse is true as well, where um, crime was going down in the seventies and eighties, but with the whole, like, um, what is it? The war on drugs. Um, right you start to you started to arrest more people which is when we start to get the whole mass incarceration um you know all you hire more police um and 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 it wasn't that crime was going up like obviously the arrests go up and the people in prison go up and the crime wasn't actually going up you just kind of made it look like it was going up um and you end up you know oppressing people and that's a whole and that's a whole fucking clusterfuck of uh, you know, because in the sixties they went from the cops hitting the joint with you to in the late sixties, early seventies, what what 
that's when the war on drugs started, right? Mm-hmm. I was watching a documentary about this where like the cops were smoking with you, like the cops would be hitting the joint <laughs> in the streets with people. And yeah, they were really part sudden, of the community back then. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, when the war on drugs, like motherfuckers were serving big ass uh, uh, sentences for for weed, which it's crazy that some of those people are still in jail right now. When you know we got motherfuckers opening whatever people who were against weed opening fucking cannabis clubs now you know what i'm saying like that's that's a whole that's when it comes to like loss just like you said they're decriminalizing this and then saying oh crime went down it's it's fucking stupid man um so uh, my my question is like um how effective I, i this i realize this police tangent is a little off topic but how effective are the police, I wonder, in solving crimes and and they themselves in preventing them? You know what I mean? Like, there's one thing I learned um, after this George Floyd debacle. You know, there are court cases, Supreme Court cases, that literally that essentially go, hey, we, the police, are not required to solve your crime or protect you. Because of like there are various times where they failed to show up or they were called and then someone was killed or brutalized because they, you know what I mean, the cops didn't come or the cops came hours later. And then, you know, or horror stories of the police having a shootout and children being caught in the crossfire, things like that. I mean, that's understandable because the crossfire is accidental. But there's actually legal legal things on the book saying we don't have to protect you and we don't actually have to solve anything. So I'm like, why do we have you then? <laughs> that's 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 where the, I mean that necessarily yeah like that's part cops also part the 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 judicial system because I have a friend who was murdered in 2012 and his sister was next to him when he was murdered. Um, she testified against the guy. You know, she pointed him out. And the way the laws are, man, it's it's especially in certain areas. And here in, in in the Bay Area, which I didn't pay attention to certain things that like other people from other states say, like, oh, you live in California. That place is perfect for criminals. And I understand it until like, you know, with this case, uh, this guy who murdered my friend, is still he's still out there in the streets walking around because of how the, this is what a cop from Richmond told me about um and this is you know we're kind of talking and having like a regular talk we're not talking as a cop and uh, whatever he was like when it comes to like showing up to we have we have one of the best teams but when it comes to investigations in Richmond and this is coming from him he's like we have one of the worst investigations crew ever <laughs> we're never and he's like we're going to assume the person who killed who the person who died today, his killer is gonna be dead tomorrow. So like in a way the city cleans itself up for us. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I when I got hit in the car, you know, when I got oh, not hit in the car, when I got hit in my leg by a car like years ago, I had filed a report, gave a description of the car. They said, All right, we'll give you an update on the investigation. I had to call after a couple of weeks. I mean, they didn't tell me to call, but I was just like, I haven't heard from the police. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I the more and more I look at the police and the way that they're functioning, you know, in a lot of places, I feel like, where's, 
you know, Batman. Where's Batman at? Because, you know, Batman came out because Gotham City was corrupt. We need a Batman in every city. Damn it. I don't know, man. I don't think Batman's on our side. <laughs> I think I Good point. Never mind. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about the, the, the point that JD made where it's like, okay, so, you know, you, you, cinema is just cinema at the end of the day. You know, you have other, other institutions that are far more important. Right. Um, I would, so, you know, we look at, um, you look at, uh, politics, you look at education, you look at, uh, economic su success and there's, there's racism in, in all of them. Right. I would argue. Yeah. Um, See, see, we have to look at racism as not this kind of isolated situation that happens here or there. Um, you know, racism is embedded in the culture, right? It's a and giant it's, shadow, yeah. Yeah, and if it's embedded, and you know, uh, uh, I, I think for the most part, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've lived it, right? It, it isn't, or at least, you know, some of us have lived it and it didn't need to read it in a book. Um, if, <laughs> that, brother. if racism is embedded into the culture, um, you can't really end it in one institution and keep it in the others, right? So a month ago, I was actually making the argument where it's like, okay, put people of color in politics, put people of color in those CEO positions. And we're going to have less racism. But I've been hearing people talk. Uh, I, I think I think her name is Barbara Ransby. Have any of you guys heard of her? Sounds familiar. So she's, she's, the, one that, she's the one that explains racism in a very brutal way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I would say honestly more, than, more than brutal. But, um, Beautifully brutal. So she talks about... Um, Atlanta, right? Atlanta is, is, is a, I'm not that familiar with the place, but I believe it's a place that's primarily African-American. And in that one, you have uh, people of power, uh, people of color who are in positions of power. But when you look at the things like uh, uh, the prison population, you look at the same things, you know, you look at uh, the, 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 the amount of people getting left behind economically, the, the amount of African-Americans that are not gra gra graduating from high school or from college, uh, it seems like the numbers are the same, right? And this is this is a thing that I, I understood recently, where it's like, okay, you put people of color in positions of power. Let's say let's say we start to get to become re equally represented. Let, let's go back to that pyramid, right? Let's say uh, Latinos and, and and African Americans are now equally represented in that top section of people who who make between a hundred thousand and up. And let's uh, and let's say you know it's and, and the African American makes uh, what was it thirteen uh, percent of the of the of the rich class, and Latinos make eighteen percent of the rich class, and Latinos make eighteen percent of everybody in politics, and African Americans make thirteen uh, percent of everybody in politics. The people who are at the bottom, who are the ones being exploited, I believe are still going to be overrepresented by uh, uh, the, the African-Americans and the Latinos are still going to be overrepresented in the bottom. Um, why would it change? Like everybody who's black and brown at the top is not going to advocate for the entire um, group. Uh, I think it would be naive to believe 
in fact you could find examples you could find uh you know you look at interviews of people like um like uh, morgan freeman or or, or 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 a lot of actors that are either uh black or brown and they're not necessarily fighting for the cause in fact they're doing quite the opposite and saying that you know people of color need to stop making excuses and you need to stop making everything about race um yeah that's that's kind of <laughs> kind of what i've come to realize uh recently any thoughts We all still here? JD, Martin, are still here? I hope I, did we lose everybody? Good question. <laughs> I'm still here. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, here, here's my, here's my, here's my thought. Like, I, I guess this could be a blanket thought on what you just said. Like, okay, hypothetically, mm. find a way to solve racism. There's going to be, we're still going to fuck each other in another way. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're not racist, then we'll figure out another way to fuck to each other. Over. Yeah. I mean, pe people as individuals can be complete jerkwads to each other without needing to be racist. A psychopath, you know what I mean, is, is a psychopath. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, um, isn't there, there, isn't there a crossover where the Joker is appalled by Red Skull's Nazism? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the DC versus Marvel Universe. And once once the Joker realizes that the Red Skull is a Nazi, the Joker's like, I'm a lot of things. But I'm not a racist Nazi jerk. And he kills him. He, I think he kills the Red Skull, actually, and takes over his operation. <laughs> even the Joker, even the Joker's like, wait. Like he'll murder mass amounts of people, but he's like, "You're yeah, a racist." I, think a have you, I may be a psychopath, but I'm an American psychopath. Yeah, that's what it For is. You know what? Another thing, another thing that cracked me up is, um, I, I think I've talked about him before. His interviews are on 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 YouTube from an old HBO interview. He did the, the Iceman, the, the guy who was a, a contract killer um, back in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. Well. One of his interviews, he talked about how he killed a guy once. Uh, he he disguised himself as a gay guy, and uh, and while he's talking, he kind of stops, like, "Oh, I hope I'm not offending gay people." And he's just like, "You're fucking talking about killing a guy." <laughs> a fucking he killed over like 200 people, and he's like, "Hope I'm not offending." But it, but it wasn't personal; it was business. That's right. It's just I don't but, know. Hey, but you know, but 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 you know, I um. Man, that's such a such an excellent such an excellent point. Just so you guys I, know, Ted Bundy was a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't shocking at all for some reason. No, um it's amazing how ingrained it is in our society to have this and I, I honestly when it comes to racism, I wouldn't be surprised um if a good portion of the slave owners of the old time South were a bit psychopathic. I mean, think about it. They were willing to go out there and whip a human being near to death, nearly starve them. I'm not saying all of them were psychopaths. They, they didn't necessarily all have the, uh, you know, the, that, that's a psychopathic gene. 
Um, but I, I'd imagine quite a bit of them were. You had to have something wrong with you in order to just willingly watch another human being getting brutalized in that manner. Um, had to be something going on upstairs. Um, so, okay. So, well, can I say something about that? Yeah. You just like, talked about though. And this, I don't, I don't mean to go off topic uh, uh, like this so much, but I recently, maybe in a few years ago, which is pretty recent, um, mm-hmm. found out the 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 origin of the the word motherfucker, and it fucked me up. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. He's talking about psychopathic slave owners. Are you guys familiar with the origin of the of the term motherfucker? Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard the term. No, I mean the origin. Yeah, I've heard the origin. But okay. go ahead. Gaspar? Uh, no, no. Well, when slave owners were, you know, breeding slaves, they'd get the young, like the, the strongest one of the slaves and whoever his mother was. Exactly. <laughs> go in that room with your mom. I need a, like, I need a few more of you. To come out, and that's where the and you see you see that one over there, that really strong one, that motherfucker. He's the reason, you know. That's where the term comes from. It comes from when slave and, slave owners are trying to get the best whatever. They and make if you that if you do the math, up. if you do the math on this too, you really consider what this means. In order for a woman to still be able to have children, especially back then, she had to have been what maybe mid 30s possibly pushing into the in into the later 30s but his medical science wasn't you know what i mean like it it i'm saying or probably early babies early which which means that her in order for her son to be of age and for her to be of age for that to happen for her to even have children she would have had to have had him at like 12 or like thirteen right. or something, which is really disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it's disturbing as fuck to say the least. So um, I mean, I mean, it was already disturbing with the whole incest angle, but then you've 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 got to think it's like you're basically you're forcing these children to to to, to have right. babies. My and, God, and that's the thing that when you hear about slavery, you just hear about you know you think about just. Unpaid workers? No way. <laughs> this is way beyond that. See, people way love like- people that are like slavery apologists, and this totally goes in with our discussion of overall cultural racism. They love to say, historically, slavery is older than the United States. The United States was only practicing in something that had been already going on for hundreds if not thousands of years and to them i say the slavery system was different you know the difference between american chattel slavery i mean they should just call it cattle slavery the way they treated people and and versus the other forms of slavery that existed the americans were the first ever to say not only are we going to keep the slaves as a second class citizen but also you can be born into slavery and owned by somebody. That was a new concept before. Over in old Rome, right? One of the oldest. Uh, well, Egypt really be older, but over in old Rome, you could actually earn your way out of being a slave. You could, 
you know, it was common practice for you to work off your debt, which is usually one reason why somebody became a slave in the first place. And then you could own your own land. And then you could probably even marry your slave, your former slave master's really pretty daughter, right? None of this was afforded to the American Negro slave um, during, the, during this time period. So whenever people say, well, slavery was older than the United States, I'm like, miss me with that. It was worse over here, you know? We need to get comfortable with, with talking about it. I, I think that's one of the problems with, with society is that we don't want to talk about these things. Um, you know, we, I, think, I think we're more comfortable with talking about slavery because it happened so long ago. But when you talk about more recent atrocities, you know, based on race, we don't want to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. And it's like, how can we address it? How can we fix it? How can we begin to, 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 to you know, any kind of healing process when we don't want to talk about you, it? Like, even in school. You have, you, you have to have enough people who actually want to fix it. And, and some people don't even realize what needs fixing. Some people don't even care, even on a micro level. And I, I'll tell you from my own experience, uh, my supervisor... I'm not going to name names, but I work for a, a company that specializes, you know, I work for the school district. I also work at a private company and they specialize in instructing students uh, with a very particular curriculum, you know, based on uh, what your needs are. There's writing, math, reading, and study skills, all attuned to grade level. So it's out here in this really you know, kind of well-to-do area, um, smack dab in the middle of the urban sprawl, but it's it's the, it's sort of the suburbs within the you know within the within the hood, as it were. And because you know the whole city is thought of as the hood. But anyway, my boss is African American, and he told me that his experience as an African American administrator for that job. Um, he didn't say it was horrendous, but from my perspective, it was. I, I've been working in the school district since, like, for for several years now, and I haven't experienced the level of racism that my boss, working in the private sector in education over in that affluent area, has. He said that, you know, whenever, and he's worked other places um, in similar positions, and he says, you know, when I worked in Atlanta. As an as an as an educator, no one ever asked me my credentials. You know, it's like you see people of color in all these different levels over there in Atlanta. But you know, when you, and he's like, but but you know, even when he was working in New York, he was like, when I was in New York, no one ever asked me for for my credentials or what it is that I could provide or what my history was. But he was like, um, you know, since I've been here as center director, all these things hit me. Parents come in, and they're usually a certain particular kind of parent. Either they're Asian or they're, or they're white, and they automatically assume that I'm just the secretary in this office. Where's the director's? The director's office in the back, I have a meeting with so-and-so. Oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm the director. Or they come in, and they assume I'm a teacher on the ground floor, like, like me, because it's what I do. Or they come in, and they assume he's like – in order to get people to stop asking him about his credentials, because eventually that's what they do. Well, where did you go to school? What school did you go to? Et cetera, et cetera. He started hanging his degrees on the wall. He started putting his master's degree on his business cards. Um, he put up 
posters, uh, Silva, uh, let me not say the company name, but he put up certain posters um, of kids of varying race. In particular, I had to put up at least two white kids just to get these people to stop turning up their nose at him and asking him all these like questions because it's like, yo, I'm, I'm here for a reason. I'm here because I'm competent. And he told me, he said, look, you're the only instructor we have on the floor right now. And normally, like, I could show up in some khakis and, like, a really nice pair of sneakers and a button-up or something. But he's like, I'm going to need you to wear dress shoes because they're going to start talking. And normally I don't care if it's, like, a full-fledged group of teachers out there on the floor and everyone has their own individualized style. But you got to understand, he said, I'm black, you're black, and you're the only teacher on the floor and these parents are going to start having all kinds of questions. They're going to, they're not going to look at, they're going to look at you first before they really look at the quality of your work when they're dealing with your, and he had, I had a bunch of other, and yeah, not, not to go on. I know we got to wrap it up, but um, I, I could, I, I could go on about this because the more he told me, the more horrified I was, but even out here, even out here in the Bay area, I mean, it's no surprise, but you know, there's still that, that those systematic, nice, nasty, Racism is what you call this. The the little uh, nice nasty emails, the, the, the turned Jimmy, up nose. The Jimmy Kimmel type. You know, like, yeah, we're going to ask you about your credentials, but not because we're curious, but because we want to make sure that you're uh, uh, qualified to handle our precious angel of a student that we're going to hand over to you, our baby. And it's like, you wouldn't do this if the, there was a white guy sitting in the chair. You know, you wouldn't. There's, there's look- a. There's- there's the Tucker Carlson racism, and then there's Jimmy Kimmel racism. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, um, so I got something I, got something I wanna I wanna yeah. add, which goes back to the uh, I guess you said the I mean it's it's a joke I heard today. It, yeah, I know, right? Bringing it back to that, uh, but uh, I guess our stereotype for Latinos. It's a joke uh, that Andrew I don't know if you're familiar with this comedian Andrew Schultz. He's a younger comic. Uh, he has this joke where there's always the, this debate about who helped the uh, Egyptians make the uh, um, who helped the, the aliens help the Egyptians make the pyramids, and it's like, but there's never a question about who helped the uh, who made the the, the the pyramids in Mexico. It's like nobody ever doubts that we made them because they they see how we work. <laughs> it's like when the aliens came, hey hey guys, you need help. No, no, go help, go help the Jews. We're okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. There's that the one thing that's always been funny to me is the the genre of fiction known as the Lost City, which is the idea that there's these British or French explorers or whatever European explorers go into the heart of Africa and they find some ancient city, and this actually these. Stories were written in parallel to real life early exploration of the continent from like 1800s, 1700s, and what have you. And there's always this big question of who could possibly have built these complex structures in the middle of the Congo? Who? 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 What people did this? And I'm like, the whole continent is full of like, you know, Africans. Duh, their ancestors, stupid. Like, <laughs> People are yeah. right in front of you, and you're like, "Who could have done this?" This is just—it's to me—it's incredibly racist to just totally just ignore the people right in front of you. You know, it's sad. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so back to the pyramid, right? Um, if we were mm. to look at the people 
uh, if we were to look at other groups in that pyramid, you're going to find the same thing that, that we find with if we divide people by race, right? If we look at women, for example, uh, you look at there, we know, we know that there's a pay gap between uh, men and women when, um, if, you know, when you look at two people who are, who are equally qualified. Uh, and it's the same thing with sexual orientation, the same thing with, with uh, 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 able-bodied people. Um, so, um, damn, I lost myself. Uh, so, you do. Sorry, go ahead. You're doing okay, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, okay, how do we, how do we, how do we fix it? It's like, how do we, how do we make it so that, so that we don't have that? Well, it's like, if you want to talk about changing systems, you got, in my opinion, and 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 I think you know people are going to disagree with this. You got to get rid of the pyramid. And it's a very unpopular uh, point of view. I know in the U.S., like we love our capitalism. People, you know how you get, people, you know how you get rid of that no, pyramid, buddy. No. Two words. Yeah. Oh, I forgot his first name. <laughs> um, Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Karl in a Marx. way. Karl Marx, yeah. I, in a way, I guess, I, but socialism has still, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't think anyone's done socialism right to this day. So I've heard, um, you know, and, and the when French you look- are having a good time. Who? I said the French are having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they have all these fucking <laughs> riots that they didn't talk about all last year. We're fucking. What's his face had to leave his capital? I mean, that's a good sign if, if somebody somebody in power had to step down. Uh, and I think not step down. No, he, he just it was because of, uh, I it, it has something to do with wages. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think anyone's ever done it right. I don't think anyone's ever done it. I mean, there there's a few countries in, in Europe that that are social that have some socialism in it. But when you look. Because look, China. When you look at uh, 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 the Soviet Union, uh, when you look at uh, Cuba or, or North Korea, like those are still pyramids. You still have people at the top, right? Uh, and then, and then the 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 thing is, dude, only the people <laughs> are made to live under socialism. The 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 actual people in, on top are still in the kind of capitalistic in the way they run shit, man. So, um, so the last thing, uh, 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 hopefully the last thing I say, well, you know, you guys can talk after this, but, um, so I, uh, I was listening to an audiobook by Bell Hooks. This is another person that I would love to talk about. Um, she has, she was talking about, um, feminism, right? So, sh- uh, she was saying how during the, I think it's the seventies, you had basically white women, white middle-class women hijack the feminist movement. And all the attention went to them, right? And so what these middle-class white women are talking about, they're talking about how they go to school, they want to have a career, and they can't. They can't because they have to stay at home and raise the kids. Uh, and so they have to give up their career. And she, Bell Hooks is saying, that's not all of feminism, even though all of the attention was going to that spe- those specific 
uh, problems. Uh, black women uh, or working uh, or women from the working class do not have that problem where they own and watch the children. They also do not get uh, to go to uh, to get an education the same way that a, that a middle class woman does. Um, she also talks about how. So she says that black women in this society have a unique vantage point, right? Where that, that, that white women do not. She also says that black men uh, do not have the same vantage point as black, uh, as black women. And I would put, uh, I would add Latinos, both Latino men and or just Latinos in general to this, where like, we don't have the same vantage point because when you think of the pyramid, we're not uh we're not at the bottom you know latinos are not at the uh, completely at the bottom even though we're, we're down there especially men we're not at the bottom um and so when we think of things that we have problems with with you know with society for the most part we don't have a problem with the pyramid we like the pyramid we love the pyramid our problem is our position in the pyramid we would like to be higher whereas what bell hook says because she's a black woman she doesn't have those same opportunities she doesn't have the same options to be higher in that pyramid and so what she says is that because of that unique vantage point it is up to black women to come up with uh uh, uh the basically the solution if you throw out that pyramid what will replace it and i agree i agree that as as a latino man my point of view is very limited because I'm not all the way at the bottom. Uh, and so kind of what I'm trying to do recently is find uh, uh, people who, 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 who have more limitations than I do and listen to what they have to say because they're not uh, as uh, blinded as I am, uh, if that makes any sense. Thoughts? Doesn't get better. Uh, were you guys able to hear JD? Yeah, he was. He was saying, "Well, it doesn't get any better than that." So, gosh, thank you for leading us in this talk on this very important subject. Uh, appreciate you putting in work. Uh, does anybody got any closing remarks before we call it an episode? I uh, I don't think I don't think there's a I don't know. It, it, it's. I don't think anyone knows the answer to this, I, man. I, <laughs> people are too complicated. Well, that's not what I, I said. Like, that's not what I said in my closing uh, remark. I know. I, know. I, I um. I feel like there's there's either a part two to this, or or there's another Gaspar led episode that can be done, like the Noam Chomsky doc. I, I honestly, Gaspar, it was dope and. It, it's it's a topic that's worth exploring. There's mounds, man, mounds. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Definitely gotta revisit it sometime. All right, everybody. This has been the Voice Party. Be good to each other. Don't be racist. We are out. Yeah.